Before we get started, if you enjoy Joygasm, we'd love your support. Please consider becoming a monthly contributor. It only takes a minute, and it helps us a lot. To do that, visit patreon.com slash joygasm. Now on with the show. back to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and of course, pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas in episode 98 today, December 1st, 2018. We have a couple of little tidbits of gaming news we're going to go over. We're bringing back the movie news as well. We've got quite a few little morsels to kind of gnaw on and, you know, just kind of chew on, marinate on, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, in addition to that, we also have, uh, I believe, some more gaming and movie anniversaries that uh, good old Steve is going to be going over with us. Our topic of the day is going to be digital download versus physical copy, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamp located in this episode's details section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc., whatever it is that you are using. Otherwise, just keep listening. Steve, it is, uh, as per usual, a honor and a privilege Mm. to be able to look at your mug. Yes, that's what I tell myself in the morning every day. It's an honor and a privilege to look at you, as in me. I, I do. Kidding. I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I look at myself and I scare myself. Well, actually, uh, it's it's a shock at first, followed by immediate depression. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, who's that? <laughs> oh, it's me. I find that I have that. I have that moment where that uh, Robin Williams had when he was in the movie Hook, and uh, was that that sweet little kid was kind of playing putty with his face, and he goes. Oh, there you are, Peter. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm in there somewhere. Somewhere. And I find myself eventually. That's not true. And that's when I realize it's going to be a good day. Well, that's good. I guess it depends on when you find yourself during the day, huh? Sometimes it's later than others. Other times it's sooner than others. Well... What have you been up to this week, Russell? What have I been up to, Steve? You know, this time of year, has, you know, it, it's it's it begins to pick up. It starts to have quite a few different uh, family-oriented events being planned, mm. and um, so we're kind of in the the middle of of doing that. Checkbook starts to feel a little queasy. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's, it's You're starting to look at Christmas coming up, and you're also, I don't know, you just kind of, I don't know, for this year for me, um, we decided we wanted to get the, the lights put up around the house. But see, I'm not the kind of guy to actually get up on my roof. Like, I'm just... I'm just not one of those types of guys. And so what we ended up doing was we did some research and we found a local group who uh, does that sort of thing. A local group of entrepreneurs. That's right. And so we went ended up um, 
paying for their professionalism, their expertise, their Christmas hanging uh, gift, as it were. <laughs> I got a gift. It's called a staple gun. <laughs> give me the give me the lights, and I'll staple them to your house. You know, one of the nice things about this situation, though, is that if they're like, okay, let me let me back up a little bit. So they hot glue each one of these lights to the house, which apparently is actually a very easy way to get them to stay up for a season. And then they can take them down. doesn't do any kind of like long-term damage to the house or anything like that. However, the day that they were applying the lights to the house was particularly cold. I believe it was in the low 30s. It was. So the hot glue gun was actually struggling to do what the purpose is of the hot glue, which is to remain Sticky. <laughs> so we had a few lights that were kind of uh, coming unglued, so to speak. But what's nice is that you can call them at any time. They'll come back around and they will uh, do all the touch-up work that's necessary. So we've got that all situated. In terms of what I have been playing, uh, it's it's mostly just been RDR2. Mm. I mean, let's be real. What else would you rather be playing other than RDR2 at this point in time? This is, uh, it's pretty real, Russ. It's very real indeed. I found myself being in chapter four and we have, at the, from the beginning, we wanted to, to just take our time with the game, which I have been doing. And I am so happy that I am just because I have a couple of friends who have already beaten the story mode itself. They're chomping at the bit, Steve, to be able to talk about what happens in the story it's split right down the middle. Like there are people who absolutely love the story and there are other people who were disappointed. At least that's the kind of gist I'm getting. Like they're not going into it. They want to wait till after I am finished. But at this point in time, I have been, as you well know, focusing on the fishing and the hunting, trying to find the legendary animals. Otherwise known as fishing game. Fishing game. Very good. Very good indeed. Actually, as a tip, and some of you probably already are aware of this, but when you're hunting for legendary animals, sometimes, for whatever reason, the the beginnings to actually tracking any given legendary animal doesn't actually activate. I think it's kind of a small bug that Rockstar has yet to fix, but uh, a quick fix that I found is just that, you know, if, if you enter into an area and the little notification dialogue box appears in the upper left-hand corner <clears> and it says, hey, <throat> you've entered into this, this legendary yes. space. Yeah. But yet you can't really find where the legendary track of the mm -hmm. animal is and there's no hints being given. You're just kind of wandering around aimlessly. Kind of like normal hunting, yep. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's, it's surprising how you don't have that kind of sixth sense that you do in the game. <laughs> but the simple fix to that is literally just leave that area, that immediate area where the legendary animal resides, and then turn around and come back into it again, and it, it will correctly fire off the spawning of where you begin your, your trek to find the beast. <laughs> I bet I'm hunting this animal since he's not here now. If I turn around, walk away, <laughs> walk back, the animal's going to reappear. That happens in normal life all the time, Russ. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to fake the animal out and think that you, you know, you're going home. You've left for the day. He can now come back and do whatever he was going to do. That's very true. I, of course, we've never been hunting, so we wouldn't know. I was particularly thrilled that you were here when I was finally able to take out a cougar with a perfect pelt. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Because let me tell you, those cougars and panthers really get the... 
the spring on you. They really grind your ghoulies. They they really kind of grind me to a halt. Yeah. Really, uh, once they pounce on your back, I, I don't think there really is any recovering out of that. Well, yeah, there should be because if if, if you get hit by a bear, well, if a bear attacks, you get hit by a bear. <laughs> Watch out for the bear! Gonna... <laughs> uh, so if a bear attacks you, there's a way to get out of it. You got out of it. So you would think if a cougar yes. gets you, then, I mean, yeah, it's still going to be tough, but there is a way to get out of it. Yeah, it's, it's that whole grabbing you from the back and biting you on the jugular. I think that's kind of a problem. Yeah, not when you're Arthur Morgan. Well, all you got to do is eat some crackers. That's true. Or some peaches. A can of peaches. Cure your ills. Or your open sores, one of the two. <laughs> one of the other observations I've noticed about it is I've noticed that the, the horse, you know, by the way, my... I lost my first horse uh, a while ago. Did I already tell you about that? No. Quicksilver is no more, Steve. Quicksilver, unfortunately, died a uh, horrible death. What do you mean he died? You can revive your horse. Not back when this happened, Steve. This happened uh, back in chapter two or three, I believe. But <laughs> I decided to use my horse as a meat shield. <laughs> no, no. Like, <laughs> what was so messed up, I, w- I was actually upset that I lost my horse. I know. Quicksilver I, I, and I had been through a lot together. Yeah. And you know what? I, I I wasn't even being a jerk. I was actually just just asking. I was in this the particular mission where you have to try and... Um, you. This is, a, I think, a, a side mission of sorts, but... You may have seen it where um, you have a couple of, of these um, prisoners, uh, uh, Mr. Black and Mr. White, yeah. and they ask you to take down the posters. Yeah. And how the last one, at least for me, was when there was actually another bounty hunter that had the final poster, right. and I was trying to ask him nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he ends up like shooting. I didn't even like be rude to him. I was asking politely, and, and his horse bumps into me, and then he gets all indignified and, and begins to shoot me. And as a result, the whole thing just kind of goes to poopy in a handbasket, and my horse died. And I had auto save on, and I realized when I when I got came back when I uh, was resurrected, so to speak, there was no more horse. There was just a horse saddle. I lost my Quicksilver. And let me tell you, Steve, that death was, um, I believe, avenged. It was, there there was a reckoning (laughs) because when I redid that mission, that man, let's just say he paid. I can I can imagine your wife coming up, going, "Excuse me, Ross, can you take out the trash?" Not now. Yeah, not now. Okay, <laughs> I just had a loss. Don't talk to me. So, just over the last uh, new chapter, since I'm in chapter four, I now have a female horse. Come on, girl. Who I named <laughs> Lucy. Oh. So that, that that is my current horse. Mm-hmm. I will always remember Quicksilver. But now I'm a bit more, uh, well, okay, first of all, I turned autosave off. So now anytime I'm saving the game, it is completely manual based because I find that there's too many things that can go wrong that just, I don't know, like I, I just don't want to lose certain things. And in this game, they, they really do have a tendency to happen, Steve. Yes. So, you know, turn that off. And I'm also interested in, apparently, you can own more than one horse and yeah. just keep them at the stables, which, I mean, I have I think I have a couple other horses that I've kind of um, started to own by happenstance. I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I have those. I'm thinking about um, turning those loose because their their stats are really low. 
and instead uh, actually go and look for there. There are a, a few different breeds out there that like the Arabian horse apparently is one of the best ones in the game. There's another one that's like, I don't know if it's called the Foxtrot or something like that, but like, anyway, there's like two or three of them that apparently are really high up on the, the stat chart. And so I plan on doing that just in the event that I happen to lose another horse, but you know, I, I want to be like the horse I have now, Lucy and I are bonded. Okay. It's okay. We're, we're bonded to the max. But I feel as though I need to bond with a couple other horses as well, just in the, you know, the, the uh, off chance that I wind up having to carry around a big saddle again. <laughs> From one end of the map to the other. <laughs> Somebody give me a ride. Anybody, come on. You know I give all you guys rides. <laughs> I say good morning to you every day. Yeah. Now, I have been, as a general rule, been enjoying uh, the Xbox One X. I think it is the perfect time for someone like myself to have purchased it just because I was able to get it for 400 instead of 500 which, if you recall, Steve, we were talking about how the price point should have been at 400 at the start, not 500 mm. Also, too, just the, the number of games now that actually are, are um, actively supporting the platform itself. There is a, there's actually quite a few games now that actually go through and, and uh, you know, whether it's 4K or HDR or just Xbox One X enhanced. And so that's always really nice. Of course, another new thing is that I sold you my PS4. Yes. So congratulations. You are now the owner of a PS4 in addition to your Xbox One. Hmm. You still owe me money on that. There's one less HDMI plug left in the TV now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah indeed now another thing I did I'm all set for Final Fantasy 7 whenever it comes to Square decides to release it ah yes <laughs> uh, I'm sure you will have a, a field day with that <laughs> I signed up for the Anthem beta oh. which you can still do Steve <gasps> oh. now for me I was informed uh, by this from our good old friend Brett. Oh, that hurt my ears when you said that. Who te- it, both, it hurt in a good way, didn't it? Oh, oh yeah, but you like that. Not so. Not- oh, jeez. <laughs> he was letting me know that um, next weekend is when they're going to do kind of a, a, a beta testing of sorts of Anthem. I ended up getting on the wait list. They, if you sign up for this thing, there, there's there's um, groups for the PS4, for Xbox One, and for the PC. So. I was thinking about the PC, but I was like, eh, nah. I mean, I'm, I'm, the platform I'm going to be playing this on is Xbox One X. So I might as well sign up for it. So I don't even know if I'm going to get it. <gasps> There's a chance I may not get it. I will be forever on the wait list, Steve. Okay, then. But we'll have to see how it goes. If you're interested in checking it out, um, you know, I, I can forward you the link. Yeah, I think I'll wait until the whole game comes out, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be uh, spoiled? That is correct. I have enough milk doing that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Sounds stinky and sour. Ah, that's the way I like it. I'm actually going to look up really quick, just for those of you out there who are interested, uh, let me take a little look see here. And see if I can find it. Steve, what is new with you while I'm looking for this little bad boy? Well, I have to say, Russ, first and foremost, there's a um, a FedEx gentleman. I don't know who it is. But he ended up delivering my Black Friday speakers. Really? 
Absolutely. Yes. And, uh, you know, in this day and age, you see on YouTube and Facebook and stuff like, you know, oh, you know, these people stole my packages. Or they, they tossed them down, whatever, whatnot. So, you know, you know you're always kind of concerned about it. Well, this guy was delivering my speakers. Mm-hmm. And out front of the, of the house, I have this pot that I plan on putting something in, you know, a little flowery, frilly, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's wintertime. I'm going to have to wait till summertime. I'm going to have some bags of soil and stuff in there. And it's in my entryway. It's kind of out of the way. So the guy delivers my speakers. And he, put, and he pulls this big pot. It's not light. It's heavy. Mm. Out of the way. He's careful with it. Uh-huh. Puts the speakers behind that oh. in the entryway. And then puts the pot in front of the speakers. Then leaves. I thought, hey, you know, I mean, yeah, it's common sense, but you don't really expect your FedEx guy to do that, you know? I've been seeing some some very nice stories in the news about the FedEx employees yeah. this year, particularly. Uh, there was one um, just comes to mind while well, I listen to your little story here. Yes. There was one who actually used to be a Marine. He was a U.S. Yeah, Marine. Did you hear about this? Yes, I did. Man, what a great story. There's So there's this, this gentleman who uh, served in the U.S. military, and he is now a FedEx driver. And there's a, uh, a woman who had a um, – she has a one of those little security cameras by the doorbell kind of thing. I can't remember exactly what they're called. But – of course, it picks up any kind of activity that goes on in front of your house. And so this guy was driving through the neighborhood. He didn't even have a package for her, but he looked and saw that her American flag had fallen from, um, I guess, like where it's normally perched or whatever. And it was on on the, the deck, kind of the front deck of her house. I think it was on the lawn. Or was it on the lawn? Yeah. Is that what it was? Anyway, he ends up pulling over. And uh, walks over and uh, picks up the flag. And this whole thing is captured on her her camera. And you see as he's up on her front porch and he is actually folding the American flag in the uh, formal triangle shape that you have come to expect to see from folks who are in the military. And then I, I think he did. He, he placed it. Yeah, he just put it up on like the, on the front on the like next to the front door. Or? I think it was, she had a bench out front on her porch, and he put it on the bench. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, he I mean, got a lot of praise uh, from just a lot of the different folks on social media. The lady ended up putting uh, the pictures and stuff on social media, and then it just kind of spread from there. And then they were actually able to find him on social media because he responded to it and stuff. And I don't know, like I just think that that's a that's a cool community oriented story. That, yeah. It's just fun to to see um, that sort of thing happening in your your country. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to do everything I can to give this whoever delivered my speakers kudos because you know I they're not crazy expensive speakers. I just had a thought, Steve. <sighs> I'm never gonna get through this. I just had a thought, Steve. You know what you should do? What when you find out mm-hmm. who exactly it was that. Uh, was so diligent with your your delivery there, Stephen. You should send him some fudge. I should. Christmas fudge, Steve. I I should. So, yeah, I mean... Steve makes a mean fudge out there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I do. Yeah, I I, I don't give myself enough pats on the back, but I can't say I make a pretty pretty mean batch. Of he fudge. makes both minty fudge, which I am actually a fan of. I like the mintiness. And he makes, well, I suppose there's three different kinds. He makes the minty fudge, he makes the fudge without nuts, and then he has fudge with nuts, which, I, you know, and the coconut. Okay, 
I hate coconut. Yeah, I, know I am not a fan of coconut. A lot of people like the coconut. However, all of the other three, three out of four, I absolutely love. It's fun to just walk by and pop a couple of those in uh, about every hour. There you go. It's very good. So, you know, it's not, I, I got a decent pair of speakers. They're nothing high end at all, but I mean, they're what I could afford. You know, it was Black Friday, half off kind of thing. But I mean, you know, to me, it means something. Sure. And so for somebody to go, you know what? Anybody who's driving by on the on the street might think, oh, you know, no one's home. They're just sitting out there. They could pick them up. I'm at work all day for crying out loud. So for him to just go the extra mile like that, I mean, what if he hurt his back for crying out loud? You know, what if what, what if moving that pot? What if he, he was got, crying he out energy? loud for crying out loud? Exactly, exactly. See, you you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so I don't know. I want. I really want to do my my best to to give the the person kudos. I don't know if I have to go back to, to bio day best mm-hmm. or just contact FedEx. Maybe both. I don't know. Do your due diligence. I am. You know Do what? Your double D. Not all heroes wear capes, Russ. That's very true. Indeed. Now, going back to Anthem, to sign up for that beta that's happening this, this coming weekend, um, you simply head over to the EA Community Playtesting webpage, and they'll have kind of a questionnaire. It's not too bad, and a little you know, legality agreement form. It's uh, typical of what you come to expect from EA games. But, um, yeah, the, the, the link itself, it's a long link, unfortunately. Yeah, Ross, just I, put it in the description, okay? Don't say it. You know it. what? I like the way you think, Steve. Are you picking up what I'm throwing I'm down? I'm going to put the link in the description of the podcast, regardless of which platform you're listening to, so that way you can have ease of access, because there is no way I'm going to be able to list this whole thing. I can't even see the whole thing on my phone. Well, do you want to continue with what you're up to, Russ, or do you want to continue with what I've been up to? Well, I was just going to wrap up with that. I've been loving Soul Calibur VI. Unfortunately, I have not been able to play as much as I would like, just because I don't think I've even mentioned this on the show, but um, I have a little bit of the old uh, carpal tunnel slash tendonitis on the, my uh, right wrist. It's on the pinky side of my wrist. And um, it's been bothering me now for about a month. And as a result, I have not been able to play certain games that normally I would like to play. And one of those is Soul Calibur VI. So be prepared, Steve, because uh, even though I can't play it, I still like to watch people play the game. And so I'm going to be inviting you over quite a bit so I can watch you play the game. Mm-hmm. However, uh, at this point in time, I do have uh, one of those handy-dandy uh, hand-forearm brace things that... Uh, Prevents me from bending my wrist. It actually kind of looks like a black gauntlet of sorts. It's pretty cool. Totally uh, looked like Thor. If Thor had a gauntlet. Exactly. And it said ProCare on it. <laughs> uh, totally not endorsed by ProCare. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no endorsement. <laughs> we'll accept one though. Yeah, really. Finally, Sea of Thieves Shrouded Spoils was released earlier this week, and I didn't really notice a ton of stuff. I know Steve and I went on. We actually, we, we were on Twitch checking that out, and I didn't see any fog. That was one of the things that they were talking about. They were excited that they added to the game. It was, oh, yeah, there's like this like fog over the water. And I'm like, ah, didn't notice that. However, there are more pirate ships. We did notice that. We that did take cool. out one or two, right? Mm-hmm, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that's about all that's new with me. What's it with you, Steve? Well, don't forget that uh, we did a few missions, stayed up till the wee hours of the night, and then uh, we got killed. 
And then we all did. of our, all of our stuff got you know. So that was most of our spoils were the, okay. The, Spoiled. You know what? I am glad that you said that because typically speaking, in Sea of Thieves, it is understood that if you were to lose your ship, the treasure will still be there when you come back. Like if you come back to the right place, and we I, and we were I, docked. At a dock. I mean, like, there's not a lot of radius that we need to cover here. I did Google it after you went to bed. Mm. I told you I was going to step and snorkel a bit while uh, see if I, I can find it on the ocean floor. I did not. But now it says that if your loot is floating in the water, it'll stay there for about five minutes. If it's on land, it'll stay there for about two hours. Well, we, we got back there way before five minutes. Was I out. know. So I don't know what happened. It's pretty disappointed. What else is new with you, Steve? Well, let's see. Well, I was supposed to watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. If you remember, I was you told me to see it. Oh. Halloween was coming. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I've never seen it. That's a classic. I've always been interested Francis in Ford yeah. Coppola directing. So Netflix says it was on a long wait. And, uh, well, it was all until the end of November, pretty much, Russ. Really? Yeah. So I mean, you could always watch it in uh, November, although that month is now past. Right. Oh, I didn't watch it in November because I had a bunch of stuff going on. So I literally just watched it. I see. Oh, you- I mean, I, I got it at the end in the mail of oh. at, the, at the end of November, but I didn't watch it until recently. So you did see it though. Yeah. What'd you think? I was kind of disappointed, actually. What? Yeah. Gary Oldman well, no, as no. Dracula. Okay, okay, yeah. Gary Oldman as Dracula. Great. Okay. Magne- Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing. Yeah, it was okay. What? Yeah, it was okay. Heresy. That's what I have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, it was okay. Now I was expecting more. Expecting more. Um, I don't know. The story just seemed kind of. The movie like, came out in like 1992 or I something. I think it was 92. Yeah. And it made me think of the Sega CD version of it, you know, of the of the movie. Uh-huh. And that almost was more well done than the movie. It it it, it was more scary. It mm. was more in, intriguing than the movie itself. Gary Oldman aside, because Gary Oldman was, did a great job. Gary Oldman's man. Okay. I liked Anthony Hopkins too. I thought he was okay. And the woman who actually played Lucy, I thought was, whoa, had some presence there. Lucy. Um, yeah, she was okay. And oh, by the way. The uh, I can't remember exactly who they are, but they are the 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 kind of not the brides of Dracula, but they're kind of like the concubines of Dracula. One of them is called the bride of the Jack. Right, that's um, it's those, those three ladies in this castle. Yeah, one of which was the chick from uh, the second Matrix movie. Very trying, good. Uh, I'm try, I can see her face. Beautiful woman. Oh my goodness, she's Italian. Mon- can, Monica Bellucci. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Man, I was just I was gorgeous. Well, woman. there you go. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. No. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> fantastical. So anyway, yeah. So I watched that. It was fine. I just kind of wanted it to be better. Longer, maybe. Longer? That movie's like, pretty long, I dude. I guess it is, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. wanted to be better. Anyway. Uh, you, you, you never, <laughs> like, just, I don't know. I was thankful, though, that, it, it, you know, it, it was nice to see a traditional vampire movie. Yes. And without all the Twilight, like, hippie kind of vampire stuff that's been going on. Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, it was good. Francis Ford Coppola uh, made it a point to actually have more of a 
traditional approach to directing that film. Right. And you can tell just based off of what they were doing with it, there weren't a lot of um, crazy, insane CG stuff at all. Like, like he he was focusing much more on the practical side of the yeah. facts. If, which, if you recall, like, for instance, like Terminator 2 mm-hmm. came out around that time and they were doing a whole mm-hmm. lot of CG. Yeah, that's right. So it seemed like the beginning really took off quick and not didn't develop as much as I would like. And then there was the middle, which kind of took a while. And then the end really finished up quickly. And Dracula himself, I mean, he was a higher vampire and he didn't really seem like he was all that powerful. He seemed like he was deadly, but he didn't seem like, like in the, in the show or in the movie, I think he said like he has the strength of 20 men mm-hmm. and you never really saw that. Well, he demonstrated he, it all. He did some some major punchage, yeah. which like threw. I mean, it like launched a full grown man like thirty feet across the room. Okay, that happened like once in the air. Well, that was after he was stabbed. Uh, yes, and he's a vampire, Russ. I'm just saying, Steve. I've never seen a man punch another man that causes his whole entire body to fly ten feet in the air, thirty feet across the room. And then at one point, he was a werewolf, and I didn't think that. Dracula and werewolf, like they were well, one of the same. And I'm so like, wait a second. The classic story of, of, of Dracula is that he's a shapeshifter. He's yes. able to take on certain forms. Rats, bats, and stuff. Yeah. Mist. Absolutely. Mist, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Uh, yeah. It was a good movie. Well, I'm glad you like it. I, 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 I won't continue. And the music was also <laughs> music very, very haunting. Good. Yes. Very hauntingly beautiful. But the, the game... For a Sega CD was even more haunting. That's the thing. I remember the game being scarier. It's because of the interactive component to it. It's it's one I thing guess. to watch a movie. Like you can be scared to a certain point if you're watching like a horror movie or whatever it is. But when you're playing a game, especially like a, like a survival horror survival type of, of game or whatever, because you're actually playing a part, so to speak. Uh, that really ramps up. I mean, uh, case in point, when I would watch you play Resident Evil, mm-hmm. there were times when like I would jump, but you were the one who like s- like super jumped at yeah. certain things that happened. Where- <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> Pretty much. So <laughs> I just jumped because you jumped first. You scared me more than the game did. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, those are good times. Uh-huh. I cannot wait <laughs> <laughs> until res- the, the remaster Resident Evil 2 comes out. Cause, and you and you cannot, even though you, you bought my PS4, you need to play it over here so that way uh, we can have that nostalgia back. Okay, Russ. Otherwise, I did rent Baby Driver. Mm. So I watched that again. And I must say, I... I, I didn't enjoy it as much the second time as it did the first time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I still like, I, I still find the movie very, very, very entertaining. Uh, the music's awesome. I don't know. I just kind of got bored towards the end. Well, because you knew how everything happened. Yeah, I know. But I mean, a lot of movies I watched for the second time, I know what's going to happen. Okay. And st- so anyway, then I rented Wonder Woman. The old WW. So, and I still hold true to what I said in uh, our review of Wonder Woman. I like the cartoon better than the real real version. This The, this the cartoon? The, the cartoon version of Wonder Woman, yes. I have never watched the cartoon That's version. That's what you of said Wonder last Woman. time, and I uh, doubted you would see it. And a year later, you still haven't seen it. I was right. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the cartoon is actually really, really good. Mm. 
uh, it almost makes the, the, the real live action version like Wonder Woman light. I kid you not. Steve, you've piqued my interest. I'm going to have to take a look. It's good. However, if it's not as good as you say it is, be prepared for some massive ridicule. <laughs> yeah, Russ, I get ridicule from your ass every <laughs> time. Get used to it. Well, you probably are used to it. Uh, one last thing I forgot to mention uh, is that there's this lovely pile of boxes to my right, which is your left. And this is a, a, a little package that got delivered recently, and it goes toward our eventual transformation into going to video for our Joygasm podcast show. So we were able to have uh, two camera bodies. Uh, they don't have lenses. They're just the bodies themselves. But we were able to get that, some sol solid state drives, as well as battery chargers for the cameras. Oh, So, yeah, little little detail like that that you need. That reminds me. I forgot to tell you. Is this going to be long, Steve? Because I was going to finish up with this. You Oh, so, yeah. Go ahead and interrupt me throughout my thing. And I bring up one topic. Mm -hmm. And finish up, Russ. You mm -hmm. know, I'll, I'll, I, won't I won't forget. Mm -hmm. Okay. Finish up. So, what I was going to say is that I'm particularly excited that we now are making more steps toward our eventual goal of being able to make the transition to video because both Steve and I are just chomping at the bit, of course, to want to be able to do that. That way you can actually all partake in the ridiculousness that is the bros. Continue, Steve. I bought an external hard drive for my Xbox. Really? I did. What size? Uh, I think like two terabytes, two or three terabytes. Oh, come on now, yeah. son. I know. I know. I think I'll have it between an eight to ten terabyte server. I think you have an eight. It's somewhere around there. See the eight or ten. <laughs> Two terabytes. Pah. Well, that, you, you have a ton more games than crud to shove on yours than I do mine, okay? Mm. Get I, off my back. I can't help it if I'm awesome, Steve. You know, I did buy a few movies too, Rose. What'd you buy? I bought the uh, the Fork. Of, As opposed to Spoon? Yes. If 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 Spoon was Blu-ray with a little bend in it, Fork or Spork is <laughs> the higher version. So I got Blade Runner 2049. Oh, that's a good one. And of course, I bought you John Wick 2. Thank you very much for that. I got uh, Batman Begins. Because I only ah. have that one on DVD. I don't have that one on Blu-ray. I have, I have The Dark Knight on Blu-ray, but not Batman Begins. Did I tell you that I bought the the trilogy on 4K? You did, Russ. All right, and uh, let's just want to make sure you. And I have uh, Man of Steel. Oh, that's another good one. I have yet to even buy that one, and I saw it uh, pretty good Black Friday price there, Russ, and I went and bought it. I have no idea what you just said. Don't worry about it. Our listeners did. That's good enough for me. <laughs> They're probably scratching their head like, what did you just say? Rewind it or something, something about going. Man of Steel. <laughs> now, did you get it on Blu-ray or 4K? Fork, Russ. Really? You got on 4K? I don't have a 4K player yet, but you know, I figured since that's the way the industry's going, might as well just go ahead and get the, the uh, high resolution. I right? think that is a very wise decision, Steve. Very wise oh. decision. That's going to play nicely into our topic of the day. You know what? They have the Matrix. 
Everybody's going to think that like the recording got messed up or something. Oh man, that was funny. The expression just gave me. That's why we need to be on video. Where'd they go? So the uh, the Matrix is out on the trilogy on 4K. Did, ah, you, did you know this? I do. Yes. And I thought at first, <gasps> I got to get it. And then I thought, no, I don't think I'm going to. You know why? I'll tell you why. Don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sit over here and look pretty. Because all the, all like the CG effects in the movie, if you, if you go back and you high res that, it's going to look terrible. than if you just watch it on regular DVD or even Blu-ray. Possibly so. I think definitely so. The first Matrix was my favorite out of the three. Yeah, mine too. Oh, so good. So good. That's all I have for you, Russ. There's a lot of Keanu Reeves uh, representation on this episode. Uh, Ted. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh-huh. John Wick 2. Oh, yeah, John Wick. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, what was the third one? Matrix, Russ. Just the one I just said. Wow. Just, okay. I just want to make sure you... What, you were, I was listening to what I was saying? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not listening to the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> my own mouth. Uh, so is there anything else, Steve? I can't think of any, Russ. Well, you know, I actually had something else I was going to say, but I totally forgot. But that's okay. We're going to get into some gaming news. We have a couple of stories. It's been a little while, but that's okay. To kick things off, rumors of Rocksteady's Superman game circle back ahead of the Game Awards. A new listing appeared on Game System Requirements with the title of Superman, World's Finest, and the developer listed as Rocksteady Studios. The rumors have been further bolstered by Rocksteady's official website, which has had a number of job listings relating to, quote, a AAA title on the next generation platforms, end quote. But, Steve, are you listening? Are you paying attention? I was getting my notes ready, but go ahead, Russ. Rocksteady co-founder Sefton Hill tweeted recently that their next game is not Superman, and they won't reveal what they're working on at next week's Game Awards. So, close call. Everybody was getting real pumped up, and then they just yanked the, the, the rug out from under us, Steve. So, we have no idea what they're working on. Well, if I don't take a guess, I uh, would probably have to say it's going to be another Spider-Man game. Steve, Spider-Man is developed by Insomniac Games. This, oh, really? This is, this is Rocksteady. Oh, they're so close to what Rocksteady did. Yeah, my, I just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you're just... You're, you're, you're one for oh, dishing man. out the... <laughs> The punishment, aren't you, Steve? <laughs> Moving right along. Shinmu 3. Crowdfunding closed at over $7 million. Announced in an update on Kickstarter. This amount was achieved above and beyond its original Kickstarter campaign, which raised $6,333,295 after setting a goal of just $2 million. When the Kickstarter ended back in 2015, it became the most funded game ever on the crowdfunding site. How about that? Shinmu series creator Yu Suzuki, however, was not content with the amount raised and continued looking for further ways to help make this project live up to his vision. He even reopened the Kickstarter via PayPal through what was described as a, quote, slacker backer period, which I think is pretty funny. Now, you never played Shinmu, did you? No, Russ, you got me the shirt, but uh, I never played it. I think that you... I think, that I, game not was, only did I get you the shirt, I got Mr. Yu, 
Yu Suzuki Sai to yeah. sign the what? shirt for you. Yeah, you did. I haven't yet to wear it nor wash it. Um, so <laughs> I think that game came out when you left for college. And I was took, around that time. Yeah. And you took the game system with you. So it was the no, Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have it, Rose. You took yeah, it with I, you. Yeah. So there's no way I could have played it unless I spent my uh, my lunch well, money to go I get another one. I didn't know if like, you would played it when you came to visit, you know, because you visited me like never. So I would have played it never. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, we're going to get right into movies now. We got quite a few of these, Steve, so perk those little ears up and pay attention. Disney is turning the original Star Wars movies into animated shorts for children. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Galaxy of Adventure trailer, uh, of course, is... Uh, <laughs> They're going to milk that teat until it's dry. <laughs> <laughs> if you go onto YouTube, you can just do a search for Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. You should find a trailer there. Um, I actually looked at the trailer. I'm conflicted, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. The series of shorts is aimed at young kids who could potentially become Star Wars fans. Of course. This is, of course, between three years old and five years old <laughs> uh, as the, uh, the focused demographic. It recreates classic moments from the film franchise, but it's kind of almost like a Cliff Notes version. For me personally, like, okay, the animation quality is really good. <laughs> I mean, the, the based off the trailer, you can tell there, there's some some influence in anime and that sort of thing, but it's not totally anime. So there, there's definitely respect and appreciation from my side of things. However, I don't want to have my kids have their first experience with Star Wars be through this. I want them to be able to sit down with me on the couch and be able to go through each one of these movies for the first time so that because I feel like it's almost like doing it kind of a disservice you're robbing all like the key yeah. story points and stuff yeah That's, I, I, so I think I may show may, okay perhaps I'll show it to her after she sees the movies and then that way it'll just be a little something extra little bonus thing that she can do what do and, you think and what age are you going to show her the movies I was thinking perhaps around seven I think seven years old is a pretty good age. Because, I mean, how old were we when we saw Return of the Jedi? Uh, it was bef- or even A New Hope, for that matter. Uh, mm, it was bef- yeah, I was, we were I was, pretty young. I was younger than 10 because I remember we had moved and I told some one of our new neighbors that I was 11. I don't... Because uh, we... Okay, we went to that uh, Industrial Light and Magic kind of a gallery or or um, just kind of function of sorts. Remember that? Like where they had all the, the different types of uh-huh. special effects set up. And it was, I don't know if it was at the Exploratorium or it was somewhere in Marin County, I want to say. But like you you actually had our pictures taken next to the actual suits of uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were definitely not 11 years old in that. That particular no, picture. That, yeah, I, I no, think I you, was way, yeah, way younger than that. Yeah, you you look like you were like five. Anyway, <laughs> definitely interesting. <laughs> Netflix <laughs> is making a live action version of the classic anime Cowboy Bebop. Did you ever watch Cowboy Bebop? Uh, no. I think there's a chance you would actually really like Cowboy Be- Cowboy Bebop, just because it draws strong parallels to Blade Runner. Sweet. 
Did you speaking of Netflix? Did you hear they the uh, they launched the next season of Narcos? Yes. Did you hear the knowledge of the next season of House of Cards? Yes. Did you hear the knowledge of the next season of Castlevania? Yes. Continue. Uh, Netflix has announced a new live-action series based on the much-loved 1998 anime Cowboy Bebop. It's going to consist of 10 episodes. No release date yet has been set. But I, like I said, I do think that you should check out Cowboy Bebop because I do think that you would find it put, like surprisingly up your alley, Steve. Now, Sylvester Stallone officially retires his character, Rocky Balboa. In a heartfelt video posted on Instagram, Stallone says goodbye to the character that launched his career, noting that the story will go on with Michael B. Jordan's portrayal of, I think it's is it Adonis Creed. Is that how you pronounce the first name? Adonis? I forgot. Adonis? Um, Creed. In the post's caption, Stallone wrote, quote, I just want to thank everyone around the whole wide world for taking the Rocky family into their hearts for over 40 years. It's been my ultimate privilege to have been able to create and play this meaningful character. Though it breaks my heart, sadly, all things must pass and end. I love you, kind and generous people, and the most wonderful thing of all is that Rocky will never die because he lives on in you. End quote. Because he lives on you. So does, nice. that, does that mean he's going to uh, invest all the rest of his time for the Expendables? Uh, either the Expendables, or <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I think he has a Rambo project in the in the wings. Ooh. That might be good. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd see Rambo over the Expendables. The, exp- the Incredibles. The Incredibles. <laughs> Expendables. <laughs> Yeah. Avengers Infinity War director confirms that Loki is really dead. Ah. Peter from Slash Film reported that Russo's were asked about a fan theory that Bruce Banner is really Loki in disguise. They answered that Loki is dead. That sucks. There you go. I, I knew it. I was just watching the film, man. Just, I was like, I don't think he's coming back from that. It sounded like a little breakage of the neck. Amazon Prime members can see Aquaman a week early. Adam Bankhurst from IGN reports select theaters will have one showing of Aquaman for Prime members on Saturday, December 15th at 7 p.m. and up to 10 tickets can be ordered per transaction. If you are not an Amazon Prime member or can't make it, Aquaman will then be released (laughs) in theaters on December 21st. And you can get in line. Are you an Amazon Prime member? No, I'm not. You know, Steve, I am. I know you are. It's high time that you uh, become an Amazon Prime member. Yeah, we'll see about that. And we are in no way being paid to say that. You know what? Because you can get more tickets, you can just buy me one. I don't have to be Amazon Prime. I, th- I, li- I like I like how your I like how your mind thinks, Steve. Right. Beautiful mind over here, this guy. That's right. Finally, Avengers Four director says that Chris Evans is not done playing Captain America. <laughs> Colin, or excuse me, Colin Stevens from IGN reports, though Chris Evans has suggested he'll be hanging up Captain America's shield following the next Avengers movie, one of his directors says otherwise. In an interview with USA Today, Avengers 4 co-director Joe Russo referenced a tweet Evans sent out where he said goodbye to Captain America. Russo said, I think it was more emotional for him than it was us only because he's not done yet. (laughs) And I won't explain what that means, but the audience will soon understand what I'm talking about, end quote. 
That just means he yanked his choke chain. <laughs> wow. Uh, and that's your movie news, Steve. That's both your gaming and your movie <clears throat> news. What do you say we segue into this week in gaming and movie anniversaries? <laughs> okay, right. Well, we have a very short list from movies. Run. I'm going to eat some pretzels while you talk. Try not to crunch too loud, okay? There's people trying to talk over here. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, movies. We got, uh, let's see, turning uh, 15 as of 2003. Right in time for Christmas. We got Bad Santa. Oh, yeah. Not for the kiddos, that one. No. Turning 20 as of uh, November 25th, 1998, A Bug's Life. Now, that was a good movie. Indeed it was, Russ. Nice all Pixar action. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen that one. It's been a long time. You know, they did a really good job animating the um, hopper. Yeah. The cricket. I remember that scene where they, uh, I think there's a can of peanuts or something where they, the crickets were storing them, and then... Somebody gets knocked up against the lid of the oh, thing, yeah. and they all come. They did a good job animating. The physics were impressive yeah. for their time. Yeah. Oh, same day. Babe, Pig in the City. Definitely for the kiddos. Did you watch that? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I did. Mm. Anyway, because I'm a little piglet myself, you know? You are a piggy piggy. Not a Yorkshire, though. More like a Hampshire. I would say a Berkshire. <laughs> Okay, on to games. So, turning 30 as of November 26, 1988, we have Snatcher. Oh. But, 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 but not the Snatcher you played. It was for the NEC PC, still by Hideo Kojima. After that one, it came out on consoles. But Loved that was it the on first Sega one. CD. Sega CD was... Um, Filled with all the voice acting, which, I mean, for the time, that was a very new thing in the world of gaming, especially consoles. Right. So, turning 20, same day, November 26th, but uh, 1998, we got uh, Streak Hoverboard Racing, which, if anybody has seen our little bio on the webpage, I love that game. Mm. I love that game. If you guys want to check out our bios, FYI, you can go to joygasm.tv slash about. Did I say that one turned 20 or 30? I don't remember. Uh, just say it again. It turned 20. There you go. There you go. So, 20 smackers. Next uh, on the list here, November 27th, turning 30. But as of 1988, we have probably the best pack-in game of all time, Altered Beast. For the Sega Genesis. It's pretty high up on the food chain there. It's a great game. Mm. I mean, still remember that to this day, Rose. Rise from the grave. Like, what's he going to turn into? A bear? A tiger? Maybe a, a dragon? dragon? There you go. Awesome game. Which was your favorite? Which which creature did you like the best? Um, I think I like the werewolf. Just because he get like he has that kick that he flew across the screen. That was pretty sweet. Was punching those fireballs. Yeah, I think I too was a, a fan of the werewolf the most. Although all of them were, were fun in their own way. All of them are cool. You know you can watch someone plays the entire game. <laughs> in one life. They don't die. In one life. I don't think they die, but it's on YouTube. You can watch and play the entire game. Whole game is actually kind of short, but he's really good at it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay. 
Uh, turning 20 as of November 27th, uh, 1998. Here you go. Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast. That was a good game. You, you got some games in there that I'm yeah. uh, high okay. up on old uh, yeah. Uncle Russ's list. And turning 15 as of 2003, Fatal Frame 2. And you get this, Crimson Butterfly. I wonder how they decided that one at the old committee. <laughs> what should we call this one? I don't know. <laughs> Crimson sounds uh, gory, bloody, violent. Hey, there's a but butterfly. It, yeah, that's it. Crimson butterfly. You are a genius. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Now, here's kind of a large chunkity chunk, which is um, November 30th. November 30th, he says. November 30th. 1978. Oh, we weren't even born yet. Uh-uh. Year before you were born. Phoenix, which is a pinball arcade. And it also came out on Atari 2600. Okay. There you go. Ah! I'm sorry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have allergies. I'm my my sincerest apologies. He's got fluids just running everywhere. <sighs> out of every orifice. Also in pinball, turning 30 as of 1988, and available probably in every bowling alley across the nation, Bad Girls. I remember seeing that one in bad our bowling girls. alley. Yeah. You mean Bad Dudes? No. Bad Dudes, that was a beat-em-up game. Yeah. Bad Girls was a pinball game, and it had all the chicks with, like, the 80s haircuts and, like, the 80s gloves and the 80s... Like, I don't remember that at all. I remember that in the bowling alley. Every time I went, I was like, mm, okay. Mom and dad were like, no, 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 no. Don't play that game, Steve. Don't look at those images. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, what else we got here, Russ? Oh, I just like moved my note. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Turning 30, or excuse me, November 30th, turning 25, excuse me. NHL Stanley Cup. Now that was another good one. I enjoyed that very much. And there's more, Russ. A lot came out that day. The Lawnmower Man, mm -hmm. which is a movie game. That's yet another Keanu Reeves movie, if I'm not mistaken. I forgot. It was multi-platform. It was, came out on a bunch of systems. And I, well, the movie, I, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Anyway, uh, we got Formula One, oh. 1998. That was on PlayStation. We had StarCraft Brood War. That was another My awesome. My goodness. Yeah, another awesome game. Extreme Tennis. Yeah. NCAA March Madness 99 Kinsei Sacred Fist if you remember that one was a kind of a big rip off Tekken mm. pretty much almost the same exact and it wasn't the same exact game but total lot of similarities with the fighting and the like the effects when you hit people and stuff sure um, and then we had Carmageddon 2 Baldur's I Gate I remember that yeah. yeah that one actually came out of some came under some fire no pun intended some controversy so I buy um Baldur's Gate, which if you remember, you bought that one for my birthday. I remember that. That was Bioware's first RPG, by the way. House of the Dead 2. Oh, man, that was a Sega classic right there. That's right. Okay. So to finish things up, December 1st, 1933, which means it's turning 85. One last pinball baby, and it's called Baby Leland. I never even heard of that one. Well, there you go. <clears throat> well, thank you very much for all that, Steve. I say we just go ahead and uh, skedaddle right into our topic of the day. 
the trumpets. I'll cue the Q-tips. Ooh, I like it. Our topic of the day is digital download versus physical copy. And I'm pretty sure you all know precisely what it is that we are going to be talking about. But just in case the 0.000001% of you that uh, does not quite understand what it is we're talking about, we thought it'd be fun to be able to analyze a bit of the current state of how we are getting our games and movies. And so in the, the traditional sense, we would have physical copies. We would actually go to a store or have them delivered to our place. And we, as a result, are able to, to build our libraries in a more tangible way. The new way of uh, being able to accumulate your products of entertainment happens to be through digital downloads. So regardless of whether you are, say, renting something from Netflix or you decide you're going to purchase something from the Xbox store or the PlayStation store, just really depends on where you are. Amazon Prime, those are virtual goods. And there are certain pros and cons that I believe each side has. Steve, a question for you. Which one do you prefer? You know, I prefer to have something in my hot little hand, Russ. You prefer the tangible. I do. Explain. Well, I like the way new plastic smells. <laughs> you know you laugh at that, but actually there is merit to what you just said. Yeah, no. I Every time I've ever gone to, you know, if it's Electronics Boutique or Software, et cetera, or... Both of which don't exist anymore. Yeah, all don't exist yeah they're anymore. all gone, bankrupt, I don't know, whatever. No, they all merged. They're all merged into GameStop. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anyhow, so even if I get something off Amazon, I get the game, open it up, and I feel like I... And one of the special few that have got the game it's or even like, like a new car smell, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Or if, if the game was highly sought after and I knew I was on the reservation list, like I pre-purchased the game. So I was put your nose in the instruction manual and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's good. <sighs> um, I remember walking out to the car thinking, I got something that's prized here. No one look at me and I'd have nothing you want. <laughs> Probably they don't, you know, they don't want it anyway, but I would think that and I would be like, you know, hold it on the seat and don't go anywhere, you know, put a seatbelt on you. Um, Start to bark at people who get too close to you. <laughs> yeah, really. So I don't know. I, I feel like if you buy something tangible, you buy something that you own mm. versus if you get something downloaded if something were to, you know, if someone were to hack into it or something happened to your hard drive and you had a hard time proving that you actually bought the thing, then maybe you have it, maybe you don't, you know? Think of it like this. Think of it like this, Russ. Let's take a little sidestep out of your main uh, topic topic. Mm-hmm. So, as long as it's not too far. Uh, chill out, Russ. <laughs> He's about to go on one of his ADD rampages. Prepare yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. So let's say you bought some music online, oh. right? On your iTunes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you die and you have no proof of purchase, uh, proof of purchase. Not every man really lives. Trying to express a thought. <laughs> if you die and you have no proof, obviously, that you bought music. Mm-hmm. Apple keeps all the music. Mm. So you can't really, if unless your heirs or your family can prove that, okay, no, this is this is our music. He, well, we bought this for us sort of thing. 
Apple takes a lot of music back. So you actually don't own the rights to what you just bought, unlike if you purchase a CD. Mm -hmm. Same paranoia I have when it comes to games and movies. If I don't have a physical copy in my hand, and if something bad happens with the digital copy on my hard drive or hacking whatever whatnot, I'm paranoid, then how can you prove that you own it? Well, and I think that that's part of the... Kind of the the topic over anyway. Thanks for listening. I'm just yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's part it, it's part of the conflict that I have really could be just because. So I go back and forth with this because on the one hand, everything you say I completely agree with. I think it makes total sense. I think that that there is something that is unique about having some sort of tangible product that you pay for. You spend your sweat equity onto a actual tangible product of some kind, whatever it may be, and you that therefore you own it. That is yours to keep from that point on. And what's interesting about the digital download side of things is that you have paid for a virtual good, but there's a dependency that's suddenly that there that didn't exist with the physical copy. And what I mean by that is if I were to purchase a game, which I have done, I have purchased a lot of digital download versions of games and movies, is there is a dependency on that particular network or server or platform of sorts. So for instance, I actually do a lot, most of my digital purchasing of sorts when it comes to games and movies happens on Xbox Live. I really like their Xbox Store experience, and as a result, I've, I've purchased quite a bit. However, that means that the only way I'm able to play that game or watch that movie, and this, this has more to do with the movie side of things and games, because obviously you can't play an Xbox game on a PS4 system, for instance. But just the idea that um, I'm very limited in only being able to, to enjoy that product on that platform, but also I'm at the constant behest of Microsoft making sure that their servers remain active, remain sound in order for me to enjoy that product. And I think that's where I run into a bit of a stall of sorts. And it's weird because like I said, I have times when I purchase a physical copy of a game or movie, or there are um, times that, that where I will purchase a digital download of something. And one of the things that I found myself doing was I, I was looking at our library of games because over the decades of us playing, our, our playing careers has amassed a very nice catalog of games, whether it was you know, for the Sega Game Gear or the Genesis or the Sega CD or the Dreamcast or the PlayStation, the PlayStation 2 or the Xbox or Xbox 360, Xbox One. I mean, there's there's just a, a quite a few systems that we have enjoyed over the years. And what's nice is that even though we don't play those games anymore, we still have those that we can place on the shelf almost as decorations at this point. But they still completely work if you were to put it into a system that is still operational. So it's, it's interesting to me to think about how also, for instance, there are certain games that came out for, say, the like 8-bit, 16-bit era that have actually increased significantly in value. I don't know if you know this, Steve, but there are certain hard-to-find titles that are going for thousands of dollars on eBay. Now, that unto itself is also 
kind of more of an initiative for me to want to be able to purchase more of the physical copy of games simply because this sort of thing is not limited to just the 8-bit, 16-bit generation. You're going to have new generations upon new generations that are going to constantly be looking back with nostalgia, but not necessarily nostalgia, also just a curiosity of wanting to know what these games were like. So you're going to have two different camps. You're going to have one camp where as kids, they grew up with a certain game. They want to be able to play that game again or just have it in their collection. And then you're going to have a set, this other set of, of people who just want to be able to, just because they are gamers or movie lovers, they want to be able to own a piece of that history. Well, you can't really do that with uh, the digital downloads, mm. at least to my knowledge. So I thought that was kind of an interesting point to express. What are your thoughts? No, yeah. Uh, I do make a point there, Ron. You see, also, it's kind of like a, if you think about it, all the, the cloud kind of device and, and stuff. If you save something to the cloud, whether it's music or games or pictures or whatever, and something happens to the cloud, mm-hmm. All your stuff is gone. That's very true. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, I will say the good the, the good point is like because if I we we've moved a couple of times, from place to place. Oh sure. And it comes a, a point where you go, okay, I have all this extra stuff. Where do I put it? Where do I move it? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's everything comes in a case. You got to put the case somewhere. You know, either you buy, either you get rid of the case and you just keep the disc itself. You which you got to buy something else to keep it in. Mm-hmm. Or you have to find some place to store it. Well, that's that kind of becomes a little bit tiresome too. And eventually, you kind of want it all stored on one little area, mm-hmm. which that's going to be your little hard drive, basically. Well, and th- and that's actually a good argument for folks who prefer more of the digital download side of things, is that they've run out of room, or they just don't want to have all those different products just taking up space. They want to be able to have more freedom to be able to just play it or watch it whenever they want. And so therefore they can just uh, sign into their profile and be able to do so. Another thing that's interesting to me too, is that there is this model that has begun to sprout up where it's more of a subscription only model. And what I mean by that is like, like whether it's like a, a software application or it's a video game or a movie, when you purchased a physical copy of the game, you owned that product. And then with the digital download, for instance, like when you made a purchase, then you were, a, you were basically given permission to be able to enjoy that product through that particular service. However, now there's this new thing that's starting to crop up where when you even purchase say, a digital uh, download of sorts, it's almost like a subscription rental model where you have to, in order to continue playing, you have to constantly give a payment. Think of it almost like you pay $60 a year for Xbox Live for that service. Imagine if suddenly you had to pay money in order to just play certain games and the instant you stopped paying for it, well, then you didn't own it anymore. You You didn't have access to play that game anymore. And that is the trend that is starting to happen. You know, for instance, like Microsoft has their Xbox Game Pass, which I am a part of. I like it. I think it's it's a nice platform to be able to 
plays certain games and uh, you know, that's all not all, but a lot of them are our first party titles. They're starting to get some of the third party in there as well. But what's nice is that for just this, this flat fee, I have access, instant access to be able to download all these different games I want to play. Now, a lot of them I'm not interested in because either I've, I own them already or I've beaten them or they're just not that good. But to be fair, there are a group of them that are really uh, good and I haven't played them yet and I look forward to playing them. However, my understanding is, is that once I decide to stop paying for the Xbox Game Pass, all those games I downloaded will no longer be accessible for me to play. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the big sticking points for me moving forward. And it's not just limited to Xbox Game Pass. There are other types of things that are cropping up that are just like what I described. And even when it comes, you know, going into... into more of the the realm outside of games and movies, you're really seeing that more and more, especially, like I said um, just now, with with software applications, they have moved from, you know, originally it was like this physical box. You got this physical copy of the program and it came with like a product key and you had a dongle of sorts sometimes, that sort of thing. And then they moved to more of like an online thing where you could purchase it and then you could download the whole program and uh, have it be on your hard drive, which again, that's not bad either. It's like, you know, you're, you're able to still own that program and save it somewhere like a thumbstick or, you know, wherever you want to do it. Uh, however, now it has moved and it doesn't matter if this is Adobe or if this is Autodesk or, you know, and I, I'm, I'm quoting different types of companies that I actually have to pay in order to use their software because of the work that I do. However, that's, that's the biggest issue I have right now is that they're all moving to this model now where you have to pay monthly fees in order to use their software. The instant that I stop paying for it, I better have some hard copy or downloaded version of an older release of that software because I will no longer be able to utilize those programs. And I have a real issue with that because again, it, it, I'm more of the old school mindset of, I want ownership of what I pay for. I think that there's a, there's a place for having subscription models, but I do, um, I do have a kind of a, a concern as I see everybody moving to this, this model. And I think all the companies are very excited to be able to try and implement this as quickly as possible because I think their bottom line is going to increase. Yeah. So I experienced something like that when I first moved to Texas, I had my cruddy laptop and I was going to make a new resume and I had Microsoft word. And so I had good old Microsoft. Exactly. So when I was back in uh, Cali, I had no problem. I was, you know, I had the program. I, did, I had a couple different jobs. I didn't need to use it. I was just using my laptop to go internet surfing and reading and whatever, and whatnot. So when I moved here, I'm like, yeah, I need to update my resume. I mean, you know, getting the files here. You know, pull up Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. What? I can't get Microsoft Word. I'm like, up. Oh, yep. Sorry, your subscription ran out. I thought, I thought I had, I spent a hundred bucks to get Microsoft Word. Why can't I now use it? Like, oh, well, you know, you bought it for a year. Like, I did. I thought I just bought Microsoft Office. Well, apparently I didn't because they wanted another hundred bucks to meet, to, to, to renew the program on my computer of which I already downloaded it. Mm-hmm. So then a year later, I'm still going back to my resume and I'm, you know, 
updating and whatever and whatnot. It says, oh, your subscription is about to end. If you don't uh, do anything, your, your credit card will be auto-updated, or excuse me, auto-drafted, another $99. It's like, and see, back in the day, Microsoft was the company that actually introduced the whole concept of licensing. Right. You know, we're not going to let you buy this outright. We're going to license this to you, which back in the day, no one ever did anything about. It was, I think it was more of like a, a legal ownership of sorts that, that they started doing, but it didn't af- like directly affect the consumer as much as this new model does. It's almost like they're 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 putting the licensing aspect literally into a monthly subscription thing where they're reinforcing the idea that you do not own this product. We're gonna license this to you. Well, if you remember when they just prior to them releasing the Xbox One, they were saying that each game was gonna have a product key that would be registered on your Xbox by itself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you That had a huge backlash. Exactly. So if I borrowed a game from you like Forza Horizon 3 which I just gave back to you by the way thank you thank you for letting me borrow for the year you're welcome year uh year and a half um I get the best brother award so if that were to happen I couldn't play the game Mm. basically you had purchased the game therefore it's your property at that point you can let anybody borrow it as if it was going to borrow a microphone for example so Microsoft would have said, uh-uh, sorry, even though you bought it, we're not going to, we're going to still control how you use it, which is like, mm, I don't think so. You know, if, I, if I'm giving you money for something, I expect to keep it. I expect to use it how I want. Maybe not, I mean, not pirate the game, you know, make copies and sell it, obviously. So there yeah, is some yeah. sort of, <clears throat> pardon me, there is some sort of, you know, regulation, but you can't tell somebody, you know, okay, I'm not, I'm going to let you not loan it out to somebody who has an, an exact replica of the same system you have just because you want them to go out and spend another 60 bucks in the game. Right. Kind of unfair. Now, in terms of convenience, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's hands down that the digital download is actually the better way to go because if I have a choice between having to drive somewhere and walk in with, a 50-50 shot, say, of being able to actually pick up what I'm looking for versus just staying home on the couch and be able to just buy or rent something that I want to play or watch. I mean, that that is hands down, that is the more convenient option. I True. Mean, it is super nice to be able to just sit there and just let the thing download and then it's ready to play and everything else. I mean, it's... Well, that's what it's Amazon's tough to for. Be. Right? You just buy it, you don't have to leave the house, you buy it, and it gets shipped right to you. But see, even that, you have to wait at least a day, if not two days. And if there's a hotly anticipated game or movie that you want to enjoy... Pre-purchase it. Well, that's, 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 another, mm-hmm. that's another avenue of looking at it. Where there's a will, there's a way. You know, when I bought my Xbox One, I was going to buy it with the Master Chief collection of Halo. Because mm. that's, you know, the original reason I got an Xbox in the first place way back when. Uh-huh. So I thought, yeah, that's the reason you know, it was it, it, the price had dropped like three fifty, and then I sold every all everything my Xbox three sixty games whatever, and so the price was even less. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> the guy says, "Oh, I'm out of the the system that has the Master Chief Collection, but I can give you a code for the digital download." And I thought, "Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I'll take it, whatever." That took so long to download. You don't even know. I mean, it took about two days for wow. that to download and install. I thought, I'm never doing this again if I don't have to. 
And I think, well, I mean, Sea of Thieves is is uh, digital download, and that did take a while too. It not not nearly as long because it wasn't. It's not that in depth of, of a right of a game, but that still did take forever. And I think that there, I think that's going to be the constant tug of war of sorts is that you're going to have servers that continue to improve their download speeds. But at the same time too, you have formats such as 4k that's coming out. 4k is a substantially larger platform than 1080p. I mean, just games that are that are 1080p versus something that's 4K. Mm-hmm. It's four times resolution, right? It's just that's right. Well, it's it's crazy to think too that you know 8K is on the horizon. 8K is is probably only a few short years away from actually coming to the consumer level. But again, the, I think that's going to be the constant challenge, especially as they continue moving down this this trend of just doing digital downloads. How on earth can you make it so that it downloads quicker? Because it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I unfortunately have no idea how they're going to do it. I imagine they're going to have to probably find a way to, I don't even know. I'll tell you one Package thing, it though. up somehow. They're going to have to give you systems with a lot bigger space than one terabyte. I'll tell you what. But even that, like if you think about the systems that we have now where it comes as one terabyte, no console up until now even came close to that. I mean, I think what was the original Xbox One hard drive? Was it like 250 gig or 128 gig? I don't even remember. I thought it was just a gig. No, it's bigger <laughs> than a gig. Not, nothing could be stored on it. It was just a gig. Did you have any concluding thoughts about this though, Steve? No, Ross, uh, you know, it, 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 uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that was mind-bendingly dumb. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I do think that there are definitely passionate opinions about this on both sides of the aisle. Like what I just said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Allow me to uh, translate what gibberish Steve said. <laughs> But uh, but I, I I really do think that um, it's going to become more and more of a valuable thing to have the physical copies of the game as opposed to yeah. the digital download. But I, to be truthful, you know, there will be times where I, I will probably just buy the digital download. And I think my mindset is going to be if there are certain games that are just major trendsetters like like red dead redemption 2 is a game that i actually plan on getting a hard copy of just because it's red dead redemption 2 you need to get a hard copy not yet i need to i have the digital download all 90 some odd gigs of it but i do think that that is going to be nice just once again to be able to look back on fondly and say hey that was a great game wasn't it oh yeah and not to mention the fact also that some of the value of these titles again not a lot of titles but they're are a select few that really do fetch a very nice price. So in terms of being able to, you know, make your money back or, or have an investment of sorts, whatever, that is a possibility. Well, Ross, I think all these companies are looking for ways to increase their bottom dollar, you know, and I think a lot of these companies too like to see how much control they can. Oh, they're always of course, flirting with that. Right, sure. so it's kind of a slippery slope with this whole digital download. You know what? It comes with it. It's easy and it's convenient. 
but there's a price. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week as we chat about the Game Awards. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm for exclusive and early access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and soundcloud.com slash joygasmtv. Last but certainly not least... Search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week. Bye.